when all right cool hello 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 this is the 88th edition to the mental threats podcast i'm here with a special guest uh, up all night if you'd like to say something how you doing man appreciate y'all for letting me come out episode 88 let's turn up <laughs> yeah most definitely i know you've been turning up for real i know it's just like getting into acting and everything uh junk in the trunk is out right now correct uh, so uh, we're we're doing the filming for it. It should be out in uh uh mid next year. Oh, so it's gonna take a while, but it'll, it'll be out soon though. Like, yeah, so, so next year. Like um, the story behind that is uh, it's a feature film. A uh, shout out my man, directed by Mel. Uh, definitely a dope ass director. And shout out um, uh, Gina Martino casting. Uh, I've been I've been working on you know trying to you know, diversify my portfolio a little bit in the sense of just putting myself um, in situations where I could be more visible. And um, Gina Martino, I actually worked with her <clears throat> uh, back in what, I think it was like 2011. I was a, a cop in the movie Southpaw. And maybe- Really? Maybe, yeah. Like the Southpaw <laughs> with the Jake Gyllenhaal and everything? Yeah, with 50 Cent, Jake Gyllenhaal, and all that. Yeah, that's cool. Oh, I'm talking to a celebrity, celebrity here. Oh, I see you got your acting chops out for you. That, that's cool. <laughs> so You've been doing cool. it for a minute like 2011. That was like a decade plus one more year. Like, exactly, exactly. Well, not 2011. I'm sorry, I got the year wrong, but the year that South Park came, I think, was like 2014. So we shot uh, like 2013. Yeah, okay, so, yeah, 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 that seems sorry, a little bit more right because, like, you know, 2011, I was like, I think I was in freaking middle school that time. I don't think that <laughs> came out then. I was like, hey, hey, no problem. It's still good. It's still pretty good. Yeah, nice. she, so she showed love on that. And, um, I've been, I've been wanting to like tap back in, but you know, it's kind of been like the films, they kind of get shot everywhere. So when they was in Jersey, I got an opportunity to link up with her, got in. You know what I'm saying I play a guy named Harry. He's a uh, he's definitely like I would call him like a certified lover boy. Like <laughs> he's married, um, you know, just just a strong willed guy, uh, ex military experience. So it's definitely going to be a dope as dope as production. <clears throat> oh, that's really really cool. But it, that whole junk in the trunk it comes out in the mid of next year, right? Yeah, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Oh, why why does it take so long for these movies to drop? Like, is it gonna be in theaters or is it gonna be like straight to DVD? Uh it's gonna be on streaming services. So it'll okay. be on uh um <clears throat> excuse me, Amazon Prime, uh good. the Hulu's and stuff like that. That's good. That's dang good. Yeah, it's, it's so a it's... dope situation. The reason why it takes so long, it, it really do be like um editing and then like um like, let's say something wasn't shot correctly. You might got to do reshoots and shit like that. And then the last thing about it is, like, the clearances for everything that go into the film. So, you know, like, the, the you know, like, when you watch a film, it got music in it. It might got, like, um, product placement and shit like that. And then you got to actually get all of that stuff clear before you can put it on, like, a streaming service or put it inside a theater. So that's the reason why it really takes so long. Wow, that's a lot. That's that's a whole lot of intricacies that come with the whole movie or film industry and everything. You know, I thought I was seeing like what you were doing. I'm like, you know, maybe I should need to take my steps into it a little bit more. You know, Bro, I, 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 I had I had goals to try to see if I can get into acting some way somehow this year. Uh, but it, it kind of been a struggle this uh, first half of the year. But I still have faith that maybe I could probably get into a role or something. I think somebody just reached out to me on Facebook in regards to, like, the film industry. Some some guy that, like, does it and everything he wants to hop on my podcast, too. So it's just, like, you know. Well, that's just, how you do it. That's how you do it. How you do it. 
and I and I and I suggest everybody take a stab at it only because like it's one of those things that like if you like to see progress in yourself, like it's it's a it's a good piece for that because how you'll be at the beginning of the film to the end of the film is gonna be completely different once you like get comfortable with your character. And I feel like developing that that double consciousness of like how to be be something that you may not necessarily be helps you kind of be a little bit more flexible inside of different rooms if that makes sense like you know what i mean like you could kind of it develops a sense of being able to read people a little bit better so you can get the best out of your networking experiences so that's why i tell everybody to kind of like take a stab at acting but what i was going to tell you is that like the best thing i would do bro is i would get some uh headshots get like a monologue and then like record a video and then just start reaching out to casting agents, bro. Like, <clears throat> that's kind of how I do it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I just make sure I got, like, some acting material. Uh, make sure that, that all my headshots and shit like that are up to date. And if you do have any, like, roles that you were in, you can kind of make acting reels and kind of send them out. But uh, websites like Backstage, stuff like that, Facebook, they, they always got stuff out there. And you got to think, like, it's films coming out every day. Like, you know what I mean? So... If you put yourself in the circuit, you'll probably get something out of it. Oh, that's wonderful. Because I always had, I think, a strength with acting, like, since I realized in middle school, but I didn't really take it too serious or whatever. I didn't realize I was actually pretty, I had something of, like, a bit of a talent with screenwriting until high school when they had to actually have us write plays, little itty-bitty plays mm -hmm. for us to do. And, and my plays are usually the ones that was the most memorable, the ones people would, like, take the most uh, uh, most focus into. So mm -hmm. it's just, like, it's just something that, it's just a muscle I feel like I didn't get to really develop and, like, work out that I feel like, you know, I still got an urge for it, but it's like I didn't really like focus on it. But uh, now that you know I'm kind of done with school for what it is right now, I want to be able to refocus on my music and you know other things outside of stuff like that. So it's like you know just to hear from like your side of things and like how things is ran with the whole film industry, acting industry, and stuff of that nature. And you do music too. It's like you know I feel like you know that's a that's a good you know reflection into stuff of that nature. So it's like when it comes to like you know acting and stuff, what do you say is like your mo is the most difficult task for you in regards to like you know are the most difficult uh, type of process um in regards to the whole uh, acting process i would say like um uh, uh so one reason another reason why i kind of wanted to do the acting was because i've been in this space where i've been like learning about like <clears throat> sync licensing and music licensing and essentially what that is is um when productions come out commercials tv film they use music you know what i mean and and, and gaming as well. Like, so when you have your, your music licensed, you can submit your music for placements. So maybe like a television show, a commercial, you know what I mean? A game of some sort. So I've been really trying to, you know, work on my licensing so that I could get more sync, sync placements and stuff like that. So, and, and the best way to do that is, in my opinion, is to get casted for a film because when you get casted for like indie films and stuff like that, you can kind of develop better relationships with the directors and like the people behind the scenes. I.e., next thing you know, your songs are in film. You see what I'm saying? So it's kind of like for me, it's always been like a method to the madness. But um, I would say like the the most difficult thing for me in the acting space probably would be like um, doing character analysis because I feel like. <clears throat> When I first came into it, I thought that uh, 
I was I was like watching actors and like trying to like pick up things from them mm-hmm. so I could kind of like add it to my bag of tricks or whatever. But what I learned was it's so much better for you to kind of like do a character analysis. Like, who is this person that you're playing? When you can do that, the things that you don't think about when you're acting start to come out. Like one thing that I like to tell people is like when you're when you're on camera and on stage is two different things. But when you're on camera, you got to remember that, like, you're not just reciting lines like you're a live person. So it's your it's the facial expressions. It's the like the little things you do with your hands. It's like the little gestures that you make, like everything, every little thing that you do conveys a piece of the story to the audience. So that character analysis gives you that gives you those little ticks for the person that you're being like. And the best way I can describe it is like um, one of my favorite films is The Dark Knight. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Um, yeah, that's a good ass film, right? So Very good Ledger, he plays the he plays the Joker in there, and like you know when like when the Joker is like talking in there and stuff, he does this thing with his mouth where he like like makes a noise like yeah, he does you know that a I mean? lot. Yeah, yeah, like you know what I mean, and and that comes from him developing the character because if you don't develop the character, you're probably just gonna say the lines, like you know what I mean. But when you develop it. You kind of like give it that nuance, those little, those little pieces to a person that make that person a person, if that makes sense. Like, oh, no, 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 I, I really get you for real. I, I mean, to catch up. but it's like you know, no, one no, thing can't. that you know is about like Heath Ledger and everything. Before just to prepare for that role, he had to lock himself in a hotel room and just write inside like a, a journal, like days, and I didn't have no human contact or nothing. Exactly, like, like just to get immersed in the character, that. like you gotta psychologically build yourself for that character. So that's why I feel like that Joker was such a, such a success. And the cool thing was, it wasn't like a typical Joker, Joker. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. When you think about mm-hmm. like the Jokers that came before, like the cartoon Jokers, you think like, oh, he's just a clown. He's just like, but like he really seems to take part of like the whole anarchist side of like you know the Joker. exactly. You know, exactly. Like, just, like, that's what I really like. He really breathed new life into it. Where it's like, you know, he's the Joker, but he's not the Joker. He's like the <laughs> Joker of that world. That's what made the Dark Knight series so wonderful that they kind of it kind of made it more real life in a sense. So mm-hmm. it's just, I thought that was pretty cool about it and everything. But if I, if you were, what were some other things that you like about that performance or Heath Ledger and everything? So another thing that I really liked about the performance was that like, um, like the way that the way that we kind of perceive the art. Let me say it like this. The preparation that he did for the Joker. Like you said, like he locked himself in the room and was writing in a journal. When I was in South Paul and Jake and um Jake Gyllenhaal was playing like the guy Billy, the boxer in the up film, like he would he would prep for the character by like sign like like every day you have to sign in so that they could keep the attendance of the people that's there for the continuity of the film. He was signed in his he was signed in his Billy Hope. He went and signed in as Jake Gyllenhaal. So it, it's like, so those little things, like, so I appreciate that for for the, um, I appreciate the the effort of preparation that he put into wanting to be the Joker. Like, you know what I mean? Like you said, you you got different references of him in different medias, like cartoon, maybe other film versions of him. But like, for you to kind of like lock yourself in a room and to like go into that part of yourself where a lot of people try to run from shows like the, you know, the attention to detail, the, 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 the preparation to success. Like, you know what I mean? So I think acting is a discipline where 
you have to, you, you can't just jump into it. You got to prep, if that makes sense. And I feel like the better you prep, the, the better the results are. Oh, yeah. I mean, I just like, yeah, prepping is, is very, very important and everything. But it's just like, you know, but it's just like the methods of it also like you know like just range is another thing too but like, mm-hmm. i feel like that like for instance like jim carrey playing like like uh, stanley stanley and uh and the mass versus jim carrey playing uh um truman and uh, the truman show and everything it's just like you would really see jim carrey as mostly a comedic actor but like truman mm-hmm. show might be one be one of my favorite like let like, my favorite um like um the play, my favorite characters by, uh, do you hear anything in the background? Just asking. Uh, yeah, I hear a little something in the background. Yeah, that's that's my mom being like African. I don't know. She's like, she, <laughs> she's, she's telling a story and she has to like, you know, I don't know. She, she's being her character. That's just it. So it's like, uh, so sorry about that for anybody. No, you're fine, you're fine. But uh, anyway, but yeah, it's just like him playing Truman in the, the Truman show. Like that was like one of my favorite like Jim Carrey movies because uh, it showed like range and everything. He can mm-hmm. be serious too. And that was a very crazy concept. Of exactly. Being, like, imagine that- your whole life being on TV and you didn't even realize it until you, you know, you got older, you know. And then, yeah. and then that's a, and that shows like, his attention of wanting to develop too because a lot of times when you come in as a certain way you don't get the opportunity to kind of like be seen a different way like you know what I mean so that's that's kind of dope they even did that even took that role on yeah no for real and uh one thing I really liked is just like how like even like movies that you don't have to really like act act too much like for instance like Friday you know, Chris uh-huh. Tucker is playing like a pothead and everything, and like Ice Cube just playing like a guy that needs a job and everything like that. But it was just like day to day type characters. And they could be actually, exactly. They just be themselves as exactly. those characters. They'll be, <laughs> be a knockout, a park, and everything. So it's just like you know, like there's just so many dimensions to acting that I just love. Mm-hmm. And I know that we spoke about like the Joker and things of that nature. How, how do you feel about um? Uh, uh, that guy's portrayal of uh, the Joker in the recent Joker movie, uh, uh, uh Walking Phoenix, yeah, Walking Phoenix. Yeah, I actually, you, you know, what's crazy, I actually liked it, and the reason why I liked it is because, <clears throat> like, uh, the the character, the version of the Joker that he was playing was like, um, the origin of him was a little bit different than the original Joker in the comic book, so. What I liked about Joaquin Phoenix Joker was the laugh that he did, it wasn't because he was, you know, diabolical or anything. The laugh that he had was because, like, he had a mental illness. Like, you know what I mean? And I liked the transition from him, like, fighting his illness to, like, him just accepting it and embracing it. Like, you know what I mean? I, I, I thought that was really good because, like, when you think about him having that illness where like he laughs in situations rather like he he doesn't know how to, you know, he don't understand the social dynamic of situations. So he laughs in situations. It's like that really can't get you in trouble. Like, you know what I mean? That really can like put you in a box where you like feel like you ostracizing in a sense. But to embrace it, it's like we accept it's like he accepted himself for being different. Like, you know what I mean? So I appreciated that. And then um I kind of, I, I liked his portrayal of it because, like, I felt like it was a new version of the Joker, and I feel like people could kind of, like, identify with it because 
it showed that the Joker was a man that kind of like had to transform into that rather than the than the portrayals that we normally see of him as just the Joker. Like, you know what I mean? So I feel like you got a little bit more invested into his backstory a little bit. So I, I thought I thought that was cool. Yeah, and it's just like, you know, that's like that Joker, it's crazy how we're even back on this character again. But it's just crazy how there's so many different dimensions, you know, like how Jared mm-hmm. Leto tried to bring it and then it was kind of like, eh. Yeah, and no, I didn't like Jared Leto. Like, I, I don't really think Jared Leto that good of an actor, honestly. I think he's good. Have good. you seen Requiem for a Dream? I haven't seen it. You need to see it. Look up Requiem for a Dream if you could write it down. Uh, Requiem for a Dream. I feel like that's his best redemption. Even Marlon Wayans was in that movie. Which is crazy. Okay. This is a crazy serious movie, like Requiem for a Dream. You know, I could probably type it in here somewhere. Can I type it? Yeah, I could probably type it. Okay. Perfect. I'm gonna uh, screenshot it. Yeah, hold on. I got. Yeah, you. I'm. A, I'm a movie buff, so I definitely check it out. Shit. Yes. I'm sorry. I don't mean to cuss. You know what I'm saying my apologies. No, it's all right. It's the Mental Thugs podcast. You can cuss on here if you want. <laughs> but yeah, Requiem for a Dream. That's it. I typed it right in there. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. They got a. Uh, they got Jared Leto and Marlon Wayans in that movie, dude. When I tell you that movie is like crazy, bro. I don't even want to spoil what goes on to it because I actually want you to actually see it and everything, kind of see how you feel about it and how you mm-hmm. feel about it from the beginning, from the beginning to the end of the film, bro. It's just it's very eerie. You know? Oh, it's one of those that you gotta actually sit and watch. Yeah, you gotta watch okay. it and everything, but it's just like you know, it, it's one of those movies where like you'd have to be a cine a cinephile to rewatch it again because I don't think people want to watch it again. Because you know? <laughs> it's just like you know, it's just like you know, it's kind of depressing, but it's like you know, it's very third little type, you know. But mm-hmm. definitely check it out. I feel like that's that's Jared Leto's like you know, that's that's his magnus opus in my eyes. You know, mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of the times I feel like Jared Leto is playing these characters and trying to. I haven't seen the Morbius. Movie movie uh i don't really know i, I, like I saw people. it i saw it, I, 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 feel about it. yeah he, he ain't really do anything special for me but then again like i can say that like the way that they kind of wrote the movie it was it was limited in in the range that he could show yeah if that makes sense because a lot of the movie was cgi mm-hmm. so it's like it was more so about <clears throat> his origin and and displaying his power. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you know how, like, some superhero stories, like, they want to show the power, but they also want to, like, show the effects of, of what this power does to a person? I mean, like this- I could see that, but it's, like, at the same time, you remember the first Spider-Man movie in 2002 with, like, freaking yeah. Tobey Maguire? You know, mm-hmm. it's just, like, they didn't go too deep on everything a spider could do. It's, like, crawl walls, swing... Have some super strength, be acrobatic. You know what I'm saying? I, I see like, what you mean. Like you know what I mean? You don't have to focus your whole movie on like everything a spider could do to make the movie interesting. What made that movie so good in 2002 was like there was a morale issue with that movie. You know, like you okay, know, with great power. Okay. With, with great power came um great, great responsibility. responsibility. So it's just like, you know, for the Green Goblin to kind of like conflict with him on that level, it's just like, you know, he like, you know, Norman Osborn had great power and he had great responsibility. Even when he was attending to that responsibilities, you know, they just wanted to cut him loose and everything, you know, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. his business. And that's, that's, where, that's you, where, yeah, you know, that's where his uh, conflict of interest, you know, starts. So it was a morale issue. It was him trying to balance life as a superhero and a person going to school 
it was him like really growing into that role. Like, it was more aspects than just him having powers. You know what I'm saying? I, I feel um, that. You, you sound like you write too. <laughs> I mean, I write poetry and like stuff. Like I'm a rapper myself. Like you know, well, that's dope. That's dope. That's I want to write a book eventually one day too. And it's just like you know, it's just it's really just a matter of just like I, when I watch movies and read narratives and stuff of that nature, it's more than just oh like oh flashy stuff or old power stuff. You know, like I really try to like I literally try to like break down the emphasis of the character, what that character represents, what that character's going through. You know, that's why it's like acting and cinema file. Like I'm such a cinema file because it's just like seeing the perspectives of others and how they're actually pushing and everything. It's just it's all interesting to me. That's fire, bro. That's fire, bro. I, I can see I can see you making some noise in acting. I can definitely <laughs> see you making some noise in acting. Like <laughs> well, maybe one day we'll we'll see when we uh across uh, that uh, bridge and whatnot. Um, it's okay if we got pause for a moment. I actually gotta, I gotta do something right quick. Hold up. Oh yeah, that's fine. All right, cool. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, it's just, it's just things of that nature. It, it just not just from acting or watching movies. It can also be like freaking uh, cartoons and stuff like that. Like mm-hmm. you know, breaking down uh, all the aspects of like the narrative, what pushes a character. And the villains are what really catch my eye because, like you know, there could be a whole lot of tragedy that comes with that too. And uh, what drives? Yeah, I'm an anti-hero. I'm an anti-hero guy. Like, yeah, I'm I'm an anti-hero. I bet you're a big fan of like Killmonger. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Too, aren't you? <laughs> exactly. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just, it's just stuff like that, you know. It's just, you know, that's why Batman's such like one of my favorite, like, you know, uh, superhero mm-hmm. characters. There's no, I know they like try to make it like a to a trend, but he was my favorite because like all his villains, his rose gallery were all people of a tragic origin you know when you think exactly. about it and they all reflected him to some degree or another like you know he was mm-hmm. a rich person you know uh the penguin oswald Kababa came from a very affluent family yet it was you know felt like was still kind of like an outcast to that degree um you know mr freeze came from tragedy in regard came from a tra- place of tragedy himself and like you know like in a sense he isn't wrong for having uh wanted to seek revenge for the people who did him dirty or put him in that predicament you know and then there's that the joker reflecting like a, a duality to his sense of order but still in that sense like having still like reflecting uh, like a basis of just you know there's still both outcasts in their sense still one one focus on anarchy one focus on order but still reflecting a certain psychological uh, imbalance on both ends, you know, mm-hmm. um, and it's just, it just goes on and on from there. That's why it's just like, you know, you just, you just, you got to really look deeper because I feel like you enjoy things more when you look deeper at it in the root of why exactly. you do things more. The, new, the, the little nuances make the story, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, what's that? Th- I feel like my dad kind of like influenced that too because like we would watch movies with him like all the time growing up and stuff. So it's just like I just, I guess my my love for movies kind of began there and just went into watching stuff like The Godfather, Scarface, uh-huh. Goodfellas. Yeah, yeah, some classics. They cult classics right there. Those are some cult classics right there. <laughs> yeah, no, but for real. But like we had to go like into like what's some of your favorite movies from like you know the past and everything you know like they, that really you know that really so pushed you into wanting to get into acting and stuff. Uh, so I've always been like a um, sci-fi thriller and like horror type of person. Mm. My favorite movie of all time probably is The Faculty. A lot of people don't know that movie, but I feel like it's like one of the best horror movies ever made. <laughs> and, and the reason why I say that is because like like uh like in the faculty 
they wanted you to still feel those tender moments like you get inside of like those drama movies. Like, you know what I mean? Those heartstring moments. And I felt like with the faculty, you really had an opportunity to like invest yourself with the character. So when the characters kind of like start facing the, 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 the monster of the movie, you really, you really were rooting for the characters to come to, to come to, to, to the winning point. Like, you know what I mean? So, and then another reason why it's one of my favorite movies is because I felt like it came out in the 90s and I felt like the graphics for it were just like beautiful compared to like other movies from the 90s. Cause you know, we were definitely not at our best with editing in the 90s, like, you know what I mean? But it, it looked like it could compete to this day. Like, you know what I mean? You know how some old movies you don't want to watch? Cause it's like, I feel old. But this movie, it, it never feels old, no matter what year I play it. Like, and then Usher was in the movie too. It was a, he he played like a football player in there. So I'm like, yeah, this is a good ass movie. <laughs> Usher was in a movie called The Faculty. Yeah, bro, you gotta check it out, bro. You gotta check it out. And, I remember and Usher thing. being in a movie like where I think they're in school or something like that. I, I don't. Yeah, know what. yeah, he was in school. Yeah, he was a, he was a little teenager playing on the football team and shit. But but another crazy point was like. It was one of those teams, you know how like nowadays, like like a lot of a lot of TV and film is like based off of like teens and what they go through. Like Euphoria is one of the biggest shows like that right now. Like yeah, you know what I mean? Because a lot of the situations in Euphoria seem like kind of I don't want to say uncomfortable, but they seem kind of like it's just it seems like some things that we don't really seem to have much of a conversation on. Like you know, like there's exactly the and I and. and and the faculty did that. Mm. The faculty did that before. I felt like before, like we really saw that as much as we do now. Mm. Because I can tell you, like, you know what I mean? So, it, yeah, you got to check that out. Whenever you get a chance, check that out. Oh, yeah, drop it in the comments. So maybe I oh, can yeah, do it. Like, if you now. can, drop it in the chat so that way I can be able to look it up, like, for sure. But, yeah. Yeah, movies are weird that way. It's just, like, it's just sometimes it'd be, like, stuff that people don't hear of, like, a whole lot. And anything that it's just like that's what really grabs you um attention. Oh, yeah, the faculty I see. But it's like um, but it's like, yeah, man, it's like even like with like I feel like in my genres, the genres that I really that I seem to like the most are like, you know, hood movies like uh Boys in the Hood, um uh, Menace to Society, uh, you know, things like um Caught Up. Uh, you know, it's just like all types of hood movies. Uh so <laughs> If you like hood movies, you gotta check out this. Um, and shout out Murder Payne for this, cause he he's actually like one of my um people that I look up to in like the entertainment industry. Mm. But uh, he started this uh web he started this web series called Grow Ab. It's on Tubi and all the streaming platforms and stuff like that. But I feel like that's one of the best hood movies I've ever seen in my life. Oh, like, is it, does it, is it like in the modern day or is it just like, in the yeah, it's in modern day. It's in modern day. They're in Detroit and, you know, not giving the too, too much away about the story. It's about, it's like a coming to age story a little bit. And it's like a story where like, like you can't, you can't hold one person to the, to the circumstance that they're presently in. If that makes sense. Like it's one of those coming to age movies where it's like, People are going through different things and it's showing what they're ultimately going to be. You know what I mean? So I feel like I feel like it's a different take on like 
just the hood a little bit, even though it still got the, you know, the the drugs and the and the violence and all that type of stuff like that. I feel like it's just a little different take on the hood movie. I feel like that make it a little gem. Oh, well, that's cool. I should definitely look into it whenever I find the chance. You know, I always want to get into like a hood movie and everything. If I can get into it, <laughs> I mean, like if I had a bucket list, I definitely want to be in a superhero movie, hood movie, a gangster flick would be nice too. Yeah. Maybe a love story movie. That'd be pretty cool too. And everything, but you know, I, I would really if I can get like a whole lot of acting credits, it's just it ain't gotta be blockbuster movies, but just something exactly. Like, yeah, I'm everything. the same way, bro. It don't gotta be a blockbuster for me. I just wanted to be a good film, like you know what I mean? Like just something that I would to, watch. Yeah, just kind of stretch my arms out in terms of like you know, being an actor and stuff of that nature. Mm-hmm. And then maybe down the line, if it leads me to that path, then good. If it doesn't, that's, that's whatever. It's an experience. You know, you got one mm-hmm. life to live. If you want to get into acting, just get into acting if you want. I got a friend of mine that does something like that. His name's Nappy Chef. Um, he, he he does music and he also like runs his own like restaurant here in East Charlotte. Oh, that's cool. And everything. Yeah, yeah. And yeah wait, where are you from? You, you're in Charlotte, right? Uh, no, I'm actually um I'm from Baltimore, but I live in Philly. Oh, okay. Oh, well, yeah, that's probably yeah. So that, that that's why I'm like this is a dope connection because I found you on the Grammy shit. Yeah, no, no, no. It, it can be like that. I mean, it's just like this, that explains why we're still doing it on Zoom and everything. So, it was, it was like, you know, it's just like, but yeah, man, in my hometown, uh, there's a guy named uh, Nappy Chef. He does a restaurant and like he's starting to do music, do music videos and everything. I could send you like a, like his IG and everything. Oh, yeah, um, definitely, he, definitely. He's really, he, he, he runs his own restaurant and everything. I need to go by there and try out some of his food because I had him on the podcast a couple episodes prior um and he's getting into acting also so it's just like you know it's like you know it's just it's kind of up and it's stuck you know it's the 2020s uh the whole covid thing is starting to die down just a little bit mm-hmm. i think but it's just like you know it's just like you really gotta really put your foot down on what you all the things you want to accomplish and everything you know exactly like and, they, and they will definitely come to pass it will definitely come to pass <laughs> It could definitely do so and everything, but it's like if there are any other roles that you want to be in, like like in like whatever roles like under the next uh, six minutes because it's that they cut out. But if you're like, is there any other type of roles that you want to like uh, play or act in? You know, in the future, hopefully. So I definitely see myself in like a superhero movie. Definitely see myself in a superhero movie, but I also kind of want to be in like power. I want to be in the power universe at some point. <laughs> so. However, I could get in power. I'm gonna try to get in power one day. <laughs> yeah, you could definitely get that situated and everything, like for sure. Like you know, at the at the at the speed at the at the speed you're going and everything, you're balancing music and you also get into acting yourself. I feel like you can do it. I definitely want to get on into an HBO series. I feel like exactly. Be, if right. I could get it onto Euphoria, I feel like everything else would be set for life after that. Bro, yeah, because those series are classics. Like those are the series that you know people can watch over and over and over again. Like you know what I mean. You yeah, got like, like the Sopranos and everything. Like, you know, exactly. it's like it was just in that time frame. Like Sopranos were early two thousands, and now Euphoria is like uh, the late twenty tens, twenty twenties. So it's like, yeah, I feel like it could it could definitely be something that could that could actually uh, happen and stuff of that nature. You know, um, if if you work hard towards it. Um, and it's just like you said that you actually you, you just hit up somebody up on Facebook and that's how you got into acting pretty much. Uh, 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 so uh, originally, like back when um back in like 2011, 2012, 13, when they were shooting for um uh uh 
I'm sorry, I can't even think of the name of the film right now. Uh, sorry, take your time. You got like like four minutes, so it's just like you know. What is it? The Jake Gyllenhaal film, um, freaking uh, no, the Jake, no, the boxing South one, Paul, uh, South, South, Paul, Paul, South Paul. So, uh, they they kind of were shooting at my school, and like you know how people were, you know how like they like it was a Facebook advertisement of like, yo, we casting for this. So once I went to the casting or whatever, I kind of stayed in contact with the casting director, but mm. they kind of were they kind of were like just moving around a lot. But when I saw when I saw Junk in the Trunk. Uh, it was on Facebook too. Like it was just another little Facebook promotion for the film, and I just kind of went after it. But I, uh, but again, I did have some experience with this casting director before. Like that's why I'm like, you really want to build like a little, a little Excel sheet of different casting directors to kind of keep in touch with them, because mm-hmm. once they when they're casting for films, if you're the person that that you kind of been keeping in contact with, they'll send you those opportunities like before everybody else so that's why it's like a, a good opportunity to do that but i would say like places like facebook and like backstage that's where i get most of my opportunities to be in films and stuff okay cool i'm actually thinking about making like a separate email just for casting and stuff like that you know uh because i know it's like you know it's just i think i applied for something like some kind of ad one time but i use like my beats email and everything be like the email i usually use to, like, to save up beats and stuff mm-hmm. of that nature and instrumentals for like future rap songs or whatever. So I feel like I could get lost in the shuffle. So I think I'm just gonna make an email just focus on on casting uh opportunities and stuff of that nature and just keep up with that. Um, you should, sure, bro. Yeah, man. It's just like you know, it's just I feel like you know, it's just it's always been something I've been meaning to do for like a real long time and everything. And it's just like you know, for me to know so much and be so interested and then like just be like, okay, but whatever, I'm gonna just sit on my ass or whatever. It's just it just doesn't seem like me. So it's just like you know, I feel like it's just gonna be like baby steps type thing. You know, let me just kind of like you know, see, get my feet wet with it and just see where I take it and things of that nature. And if it really becomes something that I could feel like that could be like a part of my life, I just pretty much you know. Take it from there and uh stuff of that nature but uh yo tell you what i'm gonna just end this uh zoom like right now and everything so we can hop back on so it don't cut us off and everything is that all right with you uh Doc? yeah that, that work out all right cool i'm gonna just end it right quick and we're gonna hop on in a little bit all right perfect i right, see you for part two all right All right, we've been speaking a whole lot about like your whole acting career. Like literally, we could be talking about it like all night if you want to. But let's try to transition into your music career. You know, like what 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 gotten you? What got you interested to in, uh, get into music and stuff of that nature? Yo, it's crazy because like um, like what what kind of started me was like growing up. Like I, I was homeless at one point, mm. and um, like the for one of the first gifts my mom ever got me was like a. Uh, and rest her soul too. One of the first gifts she ever got me was a Walkman, right? <laughs> so uh, she used to always give me like give me R and B CDs. So I was listening to like Usher and Marvin Gaye and shit like that. But um, when my when I met my when my mom met my stepdad or whatever, he was like a big Jay Z and Ludacris fan, and and like he kind of was the first person to kind of like play rap near me. You know what I mean? So once I kind of like got once I kind of like heard what rap was I would I would like try to memorize the lyrics and write them in my notebook so I could kind of see what they look like like you know what I mean because I'm a visual learner so if I could memorize it and put it in my notebook my idea was I could learn how to write a rap like you know what I mean so 
I would do that and I would just memorize all these raps and shit like that. And I just kind of would write. Like I just would write raps, write raps, write raps. And um I remember like uh one year my mom, she got me like a cassette player or whatever, and I was like recording demos on it and shit like that. So I felt like all my life I kind of been trying to make music in a sense. Like, you know what I mean? So it kinda, it kinda, it kinda just grew from that. And then when I went to college. My mindset was always like, if I build, if I build the pieces to create and successful rollouts, like I could be in music long term because like music is expensive. Like you got a lot of stuff that you got to pay for music videos, graphic designers, uh, uh, throwing shows, everything. So my, my mindset was like, if I could put the pieces around me, I could like make a push or whatever. And I've been able to do so, so um, I'm just grateful. I'm just thankful for it. That's wonderful, man. That's crazy. That's you know, that's the cool thing about music. It can take you from very humble beginnings, and it can get you past some of the hardest times. As I mentioned, like, as you mentioned, you said like you're like homeless at one point and everything. You know, that's crazy. And everything. yeah, bro. Uh, not a lot of people can come back like from homelessness, homelessness, and keep it going. Um, I know you'd say you'd be you're in a very you're in a much more positive position right now, correct? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Like um own a home and everything like that. So, you know, I I feel like I've definitely like grew up and like been through a lot of shit, but I feel like it just, it just make your story more relatable. It give you a story to tell, like, you know what I mean? Like, so I, I don't really feel bad for anything that I've been through. It's just, um, I, it just taught me how to kind of maneuver life, if that makes sense. And then, um, I, I feel like the, my style of music is like, um, moody music with like flowing bars. I don't necessarily feel like I'm a, I'm like a pain rapper or anything like that. I, I feel like I kind of just like, like set a mood and then just kind of like try to play with it as much as I can. Like I, I would, I would say like I'm a a rapper and a singer a little bit, and um I, I would just say my music is the type of music that you kind of like listen to in your car when you're going for drives. Like you know what I mean. So I I try to like have a balance in it but i also like to say stuff that people could put as a caption too if that makes sense so <laughs> that's how i would describe it oh yeah surely um the two projects i see right here like on your youtube channel for sure is like one's nightcrawler and the one is no i only listened to nightcrawler so far maybe i could probably check out no later on it's just i've interviewed so many artists and everything i think i'm about to just make a playlist and just put in all your songs just one big playlist but you should bro you definitely should i definitely want to be an echo but oh, yeah. um, to talk about to talk about night art. So I started with my project. No, that was in 2019, and um, I it was it was a four song EP. And uh, like outside of this, I got a I got a company called High Level Company, and what we are are we're basically like an entertainment management company, and what we do is we manage the rollout for projects. So whether it be um an album or whether it be like a product that you have, we kind of like help with the rollout so that you can get uh, leads for, you know, whatever you're selling or whatever you want people to kind of receive from you. And um, when I put no out, that was because like we started to do the, we started to, um, our concert series, which is Pretty Girls Love Weed. And um, mm. it was a way for me to kind of like promote the project through the events so the songs that I was uh, promoting doing the songs I was performing that time were those songs so I kind of just put them together as an EP 
And from there, I went to like um, Love is a Drug. That's like another little EP I put out. And then uh, it's my little album now called Nightcrawler. And the, 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 the thought process behind Nightcrawler was <clears throat> like, I feel like I work my best at night. Like a lot of people um, are probably like early birds and stuff like that. But I feel like I'm a, a nightcrawler in the sense of like all my connections come at night. Like whether it may be like sending emails out at night or whether it may be or like podcast. or po- yeah, podcast at night. You know what I mean? Everything. All my all my best relationships have developed at night. And I feel like I've always been kind of like moving around in the dark. Like, you know what I mean? I feel like I'm one of those people that's like influential, but people haven't heard of yet. So I feel like the night crawler kind of like like displayed that. And I feel like it's only a mo- it's, in any moment I'm gonna be able to pop out. If that makes sense. Like night crawl, I'm be able to just telecrawl out, teleport out. Like, you know what I mean? So yeah, that was kind of like man. the mindset behind it. Yeah, man, that's actually really cool. I really like the whole Sex, Money, and Weed song, uh, Paid in Full, uh, Sosa, and everything. I feel like Sex, Money, and Weed got some really, really good bass in it. So like, I like songs like that, <laughs> really good bass in it. Like when I'm listening to the car and everything. Um, that's exactly. why I like. That's why I feel like that's the best time to listen to some other artists and everything when I get it. Literally listen to a project and when I put it on Oscord in my car. So it's just like I ain't got nothing else to focus on but the road and like the song. So it's exactly, just, yeah, exactly. I appreciate that, and, and it's dope because uh, "Sex Money Weed" was a song that I kind of recorded. Um, I, I recorded that joint in 2015, so it took a minute for me to actually like put it. It, it took a minute for me to find a body of work that it would fit with. So mm-hmm. that's why I'm like, all right, I'm glad that it kind of like was one of the songs that people was really, really feeling. Yeah, that's cool. So wait, you recorded in 2015, you just had it sitting till 2022? Yeah, so I'm the, <laughs> it's crazy because like, when it comes to music, like I feel like, like I'm a person that like, when I think about albums and stuff like that, like the title would come to me first. And then mm-hmm. how I wanted to fill out the album will come in the song process. So it's like, for instance, like Nightcrawler. Um, the title came to me actually in 2020, right? So I was recording music. I was recording music in 2015. I was going to drop, I was going to drop like an, uh, like an EP or whatever. But during that time, I was kind of like in this, in this group or whatever. So we dropped like a, a thing called High Level Radio. It was like our, our, uh, our brand tape or whatever. Mm. And, um, I recorded Sex Money Weed, but I'm like, yo, this joint, I'm like, this song doesn't fit the tape. Like, you know what I mean? And oh, yeah. then No came out and I was like, it don't fit No. And then I'm like, Love is a Drug came out then. It didn't fit Love is a Drug. But then when I when I got in my, when, around like 2020, when I started recording like the songs for Nightcrawler or whatever, mm-hmm. it just fit with the, it just fit with the other songs. Like, you know what I mean? So I'm like, all right, bet. So I got songs that, I recorded probably like in 2010 that haven't came out because I haven't felt the the pieces to go around it, per se. Like, you know what I mean? So I could probably go on a run if I wanted to of just dropping singles. But I feel like I'm the type of person that like, I like projects. Like, you know what I mean? I, I like completing the thought mm-hmm. all the way through. Before. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like a single only give you like a reference. But like yeah. the thought is nightcrawler, like you know what I mean. You gotta sit with the thought, like what is it, like you know what I mean. So that's why I'm kind of like a project guy. So I'll have another one coming out at the end of the year, um, and uh, 
I just kind of keep pushing it. But Sex Money We, yeah, that was that was 2015, man. 2015. <laughs> yeah, dude, that's really, really cool, man, that you that you got your concept set up like that. You know, I'm more of a project dude myself and everything. I have beats saved like on flash drives and on my computer. Exactly. And I'd like take the beats out and I'll just put it in a file, like, okay, this will be like the name of this uh mm-hmm. a project, you know, just to shoot for a certain sound, like it has a more like, you know, I, I, a lot of my, I, I try to configure what the sound of the project is, the concept of the project before I even write a song. You know, mm-hmm. that's just, that's just how I do things and everything. So it's just like, you know, like, I, I feel like singles, if I had to really go to make it like a, like a streak of singles and everything, I feel like they'll start off as singles, but I feel like eventually I'll put them like in a project, you know, like I'll release them and then re-release them for a project. Exactly. You know? yeah. Like, yeah, but it's yeah. just like something about putting it like in a collection of like uh of like uh, a collection of songs and everything i feel like it'll be easier for like the audience to kind of like really like you know really take exactly. it all out and give them something to like feel like they kind of like vibe into a little bit like you know what i mean like and then another thing that i like about it is that different songs resonate with different people like you know what i mean like and then like um like when you do a project it's kind of like cheating in a sense because like the way, like one little tip I tell artists when they doing rollouts is like, like you gotta have like a leading song. Like you gotta have a song that's like the soundtrack for everything. Like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And w- when you establish that song, the other songs will kind of be like, when people kind of listen to you, if they find something that they like within that, that's how they develop into becoming a fan of you, if that makes sense. Like, you catch them with the leading song, and if they fuck with that song, and you got, like, two other songs that they may, like, would listen to, like, here and there, like, or if they could find a space in their life for the song, then they'll then they'll start gravitating towards you as a fan. Like, so what I mean is that, like... Um, Hold up a second, sir. I'm sorry. My bad for that. My mom, no, good, bro. my mom was trying no, to give me some ear fang, some ear rings. I'm like, what? Oh, okay. <laughs> Thank you, I you guess. Good, but anyway, yeah, go on like on why are you so, like a more uh, so it was like, yeah. So it's like the instance, like sex money weed, like um I've I've been told that like people uh, listen to it second. in the gym. Well, hold on one second, my bad, my bad. You're good. I really am sorry about this. My bad. After that, <laughs> we're back in business. My bad. Perfect. perfect. Okay, yeah, yeah. Not no more distractions. It's fine. It's fine. <clears throat> no, you good, bro. So what I mean is like, like when people find a place for the song in their life, that's when they become like a fan. And the way that you, so for instance, like uh, Sex Money Weed, like a lot of people that listen to that song, they tell me that they listen to it in the gym when they like working out and shit like that. So they found a place for the song in their life, but the song that caught their attention was the song Sosa. Like, you know what I mean? So it's like, once you can, once you get catch attention and then find a place in somebody's life, now they gonna kind of check for you from time to time. So that's kind of like the goal with the project. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's what happens. Like, you know, when you really grow, uh, build a connection with like the artists that you you're interested in. Because that's kind of how I start really getting deeper and deeper into hip hop. It really started when I got an MP3 player and everything, mm-hmm. and I found like a CD with a Tupac's greatest hits, like the second CD, not the first one. It was just the mm-hmm. second CD I had. So just constant repeat. I'm listening to Brenda's Got a Baby. I'm listening to Troublesome. <laughs> Carolina, to California Love. I'm listening to Live and Die in LA. I'm listening to, you know, all sorts of stuff. Um, but it's just like, that's what got me immersed and in, more interested in hip hop because I saw so many different dimensions of hip hop into one 
like CD. It was like a storytelling song one moment, a song mm-hmm. about venting in one moment. There's just another song about, you know, just appreciating where you're coming from, a song about, you know, just paying homage to your mother. You know, when I, before Tupac, before I even introduced myself into hip hop, um, I kind of saw uh, rap and hip hop. It's just something like you listen on BET, like 106 and Parlor. It was just like, you know, just songs you just groove to and stuff like that. You maybe play like uh, at events and everything, people dance to. You know, I didn't really see it as like something that I would like, you know, immerse my life into until I really started listening to Tupac. Next thing you know, I started writing my own raps and then my own poetry. And then I started, uh, started uh, performing these raps in career class. You know, so it's just like, you know, it really helped serve me in life where it just helped me in like very rough patches in my life. So it's just like, you mm-hmm. know, I, I dedicate that all to Tupac and like, you know, Biggie Smalls kind of helped me really like immerse myself in the sense, you know, this is something that I can do also. So mm-hmm. it's just like, you know, before you really, that's why projects are so important. And that was just a compilation, you know, like once mm-hmm. you really delve deeper into what an artist can do or what that artist represents to you, later mm-hmm. on you'll start, you know, like really uh, delving yourself and uh, finding connections with that also so that's why that's why i'm more of like a project person like myself you know it's just i I totally agree with you bro totally agree with you yeah and everything so it's like when it comes to like hip-hop as a whole how how do you feel like what experience do you feel like hip-hop has really brought to you like in your lifetime and everything you know like building connections of that nature yeah i feel like it kind of taught me how to kind of like look at life in a sense and i mean that by like uh, the stuff that a lot of people rap about, sometimes, of course, sometimes it's fictionalized, but it's still real in the sense of like these are real concepts that people got faced. Like, like when people rap up, like like in Philly, you'll hear a lot of pain songs, and um, it's pain in Philly. Like you know what I mean. So it kind of gave me a, it kind of gave me like a direction of what's out here. So how to protect myself a little bit. So I always felt like hip hop was kind of like a protection piece because it it, it, it it tell you what's going on and how to like, you know, see the next day in a sense. Like, you know what I mean? And I and I feel like, um, of course, like, you know, people say that they get like influenced to do different things from it, but it always influenced me in the sense of motivation because it, it, it showed me that like communication is like so pivotal and like the better you can communicate like the more doors that can open up for you so i feel like it, it it showed me communication and like protection a little bit so and and i feel like people need to like like find they need to like listen to artists and kind of like really like dive deep into what they talking about because like they give you keys to how they got there like what their life was like um like things to look out for like like uh and and it it motivates you to kind of like see that other side of life because a lot of a lot of rappers and stuff like that they didn't necessarily come from the the best upbringings and stuff like that but they're they're disciplined to the craft and 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 their and their want for more kind of like open the doors for them like you know what i mean so i i think that that's always going to be motivational to me because to be able to communicate your way all the way to the top is just like a crazy thing. Like, you know what I mean? I just, I just think it's crazy. Like to be able to like write a verse and, and people listen to it and people want to see you win. Cause you could write good shit. 
Like that's crazy to me. Like you know what I mean. So it's it's just it's just dope to me all around. Yeah, man. Like the artistry, like with each rapper and everything, and it's just like I see hip hop as like a giant quilt. You know, if I were to mm-hmm. say like a giant quilt, like because it's just like you know, even like with our influences that influence us, like from other artists, whether it be like a Lil Wayne or Biggie Smalls or Tupac or or whether a Big Daddy Kane or KRS One or whatever. I feel like it's the same material, but it's like it's like it's just patched differently, and each artist just re- represents their own patch or their own stories and everything, and we're all just interconnected that way. So it's just like you know the connection we make with friends, so you know. Uh, the, the all the other songs that we listen in our past that kind of like probably like influences our style today you know it just goes on and on and on that's why I love like hip-hop like as a genre as a whole because I feel like it's that one genre I feel that can transcend for like decades and decades further even when we're all gone uh, it's just like because like, there's so much you can put out there so much you can try it might go like in different trends for like you know like from one decade to another but it's just it's just that it's just it's just something that i feel like i don't feel like whatever died down you know what i mean exactly it's never going to die down man it's never going to die down you know what made me know it's never going to die down when like pop artists start putting rappers on their songs Mm. like that's what that's what showed me like damn like we might got the best genre in the world like you know what i mean like like we might actually have it because like for 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 like a Katy Perry to put um Kanye West. Yeah, like to put a Kanye, like you know what I mean, bro? That's crazy when you think about that. Like we became that's crazy, pop. like we became pop when you Yeah, think we about became it. the new pop. So it's like once that once that migration started to happen, I'm like, yeah, it's over. Like it's over. Like rappers gonna live forever. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but the only thing that I really dislike about hip hop and everything is just it's just like really just a lack of security with it you know what i mean like mm-hmm. it's just like you know jealousy people get jealous within it you know people try to like break down try to assassinate each other's character people try to just you know all types of childish stuff that you don't see in country music or rock music yeah pop music you know i feel like all the drama happens like in rap and hip-hop you know the east coast west coast thing that happened in the 90s that ended up having a biggie and tupac killed two artists that had their whole lives ahead of them mm-hmm. and but now they couldn't even live out their lives because it's just like y'all had to be selfish in the media trying to push this and uh, see if they can make money off this and, like two people had to bury their children a brother and every a friend, and they had to bury them all, baby, just because you had to make a joke out of the thing. And it's like I can't help but like think that maybe like at the same time, while hip hop is truly one of like the most um, one of the most highest valued of genres, it's also like kind of like a big commodity to that degree too. Because it's just like I feel like some of us as artists don't really really take the thing serious to the point where it's just like you know we can just everybody can be successful in this genre. Everybody, I truly believe that. And it's just when I see like the likes of people trying to hate on other people, trying to diss each other, trying to like compete against each other in like the most low blow type of ways, I can't help but just weep and like not weep, we like cry, but just weep like internally, like wow, like you know, this is how things is like right now. Like we didn't learn anything, you know what I'm saying? It's just like it's just something that we just need to re- we really need to like really cut that off and everything, you know. It's just it's definitely not for the faint of heart, man. Like it's hard, like. It's a real, it's a real competitive sport. Every day, somebody is trying to prove themselves, not just in rapping, but like in the, in the perceived 
you know, lifestyle of rapping. Like, you know what I mean? So it's hard for a rapper. You know what I'm saying they say it's one of the most dangerous jobs in the world. You know what I'm saying, <laughs> real rap. I don't feel like it should be that way no more. But sadly, it, it, it is. It shouldn't because of the different spaces of rap. But at the end of the day, like, like, like to be the best rapper, like people gotta want to be you and listen to you. I feel like, and like I feel like that comes with a lot of jealousy. With it, yeah, you can't have like, like men, like men, us, like we have our own prides. Like you know what I mean. So for so to convince men to follow you is in itself like one of the hardest things in the world. So so to do that, you got to prove yourself. You know what I'm saying? And if proving yourself, like. If pro- proving yourself is not always a, a beautiful looking thing. Like, you know what I mean? Like, unfortunately. So it kind of, like, I'm not going to say I kind of agree with, you know, the stuff you got to go through in, 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 this, in this genre of music. But, like, like I, I kind of feel like you got to, like, your mindset got to be to protect yourself at all times so that you can get to the next level. Because it's hard because you got to think everybody trying to get to that next level. Like I watched this interview with from Benny the Butcher, mm-hmm. and he said, um, and he he a rapper out of Buffalo and shit. He a big ass rapper. Yeah, I know who Benny but, the uh, Butcher is. He crazy, like so. And he was saying that like, do what you gotta do to get to the other side because for you to for you to go through everything because like the the same shit that's gonna happen on that side happens to you on this side. Mm. Like so so if you can't get through it on this side. You definitely not gonna be able to get through it when all the world looking at you on the other side. That makes sense. Like I've been in this, I've been in fights because of music. I've been in shows where next thing you know, niggas start popping off, acting crazy. I had niggas hating on me on the gram and all that crazy shit. Like all that crazy shit. Like you know what I mean. And and I'm not even nobody. Like you know what I mean. Like I, think, so, I, I wouldn't say you're nobody. I feel like you're no, definitely but, no, like, on your like, way. Yeah, yeah, definitely on my way. But I mean, like, in the grand scheme of things, like, like, I, like I'm just doing my little thing in my little corner. Like, you know what I mean? So that, so the, so to have to like be in battles with niggas or fight niggas because like they don't like something that you said or, or you work with like, or you work with somebody and then the, then like the work didn't come out right. So now y'all have beef with each other. It's just like you gotta get that. You got to get that tough skin so that you can make it on the other side because it really is worse on the other side. Like, one of my best friends, he works for um, Atlantic Records as a rollout manager, mm. right? And um, he tells me just these stories of, like, like disputes over contracts that turn bad. Next thing you know, niggas is in trouble with people. Like, you know what I mean? And it's just like, it just don't stop. And, and then another thing about it is, like, the people that's in this sport of hip-hop, they don't come from the best background. So just because you put somebody in a new environment don't mean... That they leave all that, all that crazy stuff. Yeah, on. you see what I mean? Like, they don't just leave that at home. Like, that's what got them to where they are. So in a lot of people's minds, to change that is going to put them back where they were. If that makes sense, so it's 
it's a lot of stuff that go with that shit, man. It's a lot of stuff that go with it, but I feel like it's worth it if you get to the other side. Because if you get to the other side, mm-hmm. if you yeah. get to the other side, man, it's like you really going to get the benefits of being one of the, like being in, like, I think about it like the NBA. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Even if you, even if you're not one of the most, even if you're not one of the 75 greatest players of all time, mm-hmm. if you were in the NBA, it's like a it's like a fraternity that everybody can't be in. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Like, you know what I mean? No, no, so I know. Like, just like you're being in a different class, but it's like the yeah, crazy thing like, about hip hop is like everybody's path is so different. You know what I'm exactly. saying? But like, you'll have a Mac Miller. You never heard Mac Miller beefing with nobody. You know, you never heard Mac Miller getting the fights with nobody. He had a pretty that damn we know good of, career. Like that, that we know of. That we know but, of. But I feel like the sport, the sport kind of, it's like hockey a little bit. Like, you know, yeah. in hockey, you don't got to fight somebody. Like, you know what I mean? But it's just part sport, of the environment. Yeah, the environment creates that. So I, I think Mac Miller probably had a beef with somebody. We probably just ain't never hear about it. But then again, I'm like, but then again, like, if you know, then again, it's like, if you really are a Mac Miller fan, you're going to know his come up. Like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, like, I, like, I'm a Travis Scott fan, right? Yeah. No, matter of fact, look, I'm going to use another rapper for, for instance. I'm a Have you seen that documentary on Netflix with Travis Scott? Yeah, it was. Yeah, I liked it. Bro. That was cool. Yeah. So I'm going to use this guy named Vory, for instance, right? Mm-hmm. So Vory, he got signed to Dream Chases, which is Meek Mill label or whatever. Yeah, he from he from uh, Louisiana, Louisville. He from Louisville, the mm. same place Bryson Tiller from. You know who Bryson Tiller is? Yeah, I know Bryson Tiller. So, so um, on on very first album, right, the last song he says on there, Bryson Tiller was supposed to come back and bring him up, with him. but when Bryson Tiller got signed, he never came back for Vory. Mm. Like like ten years later, Vory gets signed to Dream Chasers. Mm. You see what I'm saying? So it's like, so it's like imagine that though. Like you know what I mean? Imagine like your man get on. He say, "Yo, I got you," and he don't got you. Like you know what I mean? But you still gonna press towards it, and then you make it there too. Like it's <laughs> like it's like the sport just the sport is crazy. Like. <laughs> like, no, really, like, but it's just like that's why I want to stay as independent as possible and everything. Because the mm-hmm. whole getting signed to your the, the people that you look up to, things like I feel like that can fall through too. You know, it's, it yeah. it can never be pretty. Like you try to work with your idols and everything, and then like shit, you probably might not agree. We all know what happened with the whole game versus Fifty Cent situation. Yeah, and, like you know, like he he was having issues with Dr. Dre and stuff of that nature. You know, that stuff could really cut deep and everything when you look up to people. Yeah, right. And then you have a dispute, you know, like if I were to make it to that stage, I feel like my biggest issues, like, or not my biggest concerns or whatever, but just stuff that I I feel like I need to work on moving forward. It's just like, you know, I'm pretty low key and everything. Like the only thing I do is I work hard, you know, like, so, but there'll always be that one person I'd be like talking a whole lot of mess or trying to fit in and try to talk hella shit, you know, like they exist, you know, we have to yeah. Like all types of ways. Like some people are just immature like that. Like I'm just kind of chill. I just work hard on everything I got. I try to work for everything I have to get. And you know, if you say I'm one, Crow is definitely real. I try to. I try. I just, 
I'm just kind of like the kind of dude that likes to prove people wrong. But at the same time, I'm not on your face about it. Like, it's just like, you know, I just, it's just like hip hop's my passion. That's what I go through. That's why, like, I, I interview other artists. That's why, you know, it's just like, even despite all the shit I've been through, the lack of money, I probably had to fund a po- project. I still try to fund a project. You know, it's just, it's just your passion is going to show regardless. Exactly. And that's just exactly. how it is. Some people might get called up front earlier than you some people might be favored more than you but at the same token it's just like you know like it's just you got to put your money with your mouth is and everything mm-hmm. it's not gonna be about who talks shit about who or who like you know all this blah 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 you think it's doing the most and everything you know and that's the sad thing about hip-hop it's just like you could elevate yourself to such a degree and people will want to drag you down and it's just there's no point in that there's just no point yeah. in that in my eyes you know what i'm saying i feel like this is a genre where everybody can make money if Lil Nas X can make money if Mac exactly. Miller could have made money and a freaking um what Jack Harlow can make money and everything everybody can be successful and it's just like you know it's just why can't we just root for each other I just don't see why not why that's not the why we can't do that you know I just I can never understand stuff like that I feel like it all comes down to just how the system works with like you know I feel like you know, it's just, there's just certain dichotomies within even like the black community and everything that we need to work on, you know, it's just like, because it's just, there's no reason like, you know, like two people making money should be like, um, you know, bumping heads over petty stuff and like freaking like uh, Tim McGraw and Billy Ray Cyrus and don't can make country music and it's all the same and you never hear about like oh whose country music's better or who's what's better or who did what or who's trying to make a sex tape with who's what you know what i'm saying it's just kind of no i feel you You know what i'm saying yeah it does get ugly sometimes but yeah it's crazy out here it's crazy yeah man it it truly truly is you know okay we're we're getting closer to like the, the ending uh, I think we got about like a good seven minutes and everything of that nature. What are some things that like this generation of rap and everything? What are some things that you love and what are some things that you just kind of you don't have much of a care for? Could you repeat that again, bro? Like if it went in and out. Oh, sorry about that. What are some things within uh the music industry, like hip hop wise? What are some things that you like and what are some things that you hate under uh seven <laughs> minutes? That's a good question. Like uh I like I'm a cute I like building a community around what I think in my music. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like that's cool. Like, like me and like, like when somebody did me and be like, y'all like a song and I could like introduce them to other people that like my songs. Like that's kind of cool to me. Or if I could bring them all together for a show, like that's cool to me. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like, like they want to, like they're they're interacting together because of a thought that we all kind of share. That's why we all fuck with the music. Like you know what I mean. And then I feel like uh something that I don't like in it is um I don't like that in in today's time. Like it has to be like a a gimmick to kind of break through. I don't really like that. Like you know what I mean. Like. I don't, I don't like, like that it's at just all. People trying to be like, maybe like little, like little Yachty, little like. Yeah. I don't like, mind little Yachty. I feel like it's kind of cool. Little Yachty just wants to have fun and everything, but it's like, you know, yeah. like, like it's just like either I have to be a gimmick, I have to be like a thug or this. You can't just just say it from like your, from like your authentic self, basically. What you're saying, like everybody. Yeah, it's it. like, yeah. I feel like um, like art. 
for instance, like, let's say, like, you're a poet. Like, I'm pretty sure, like, lyrics really matter to you and shit. Yeah, sure. Like, like, I like using big words and everything in my music and my raps and everything. Exactly. It just, it just, it's more expansive. There's always something to use or some kind of combination. Exactly. So it's like, so it's like, in today's time, like, the gimmick is, the get like, like, for us, like, for, for, for certain artists like us, like, that kind of, like, care about what we say. Like you need like a gimmick to break through, and I don't, I don't I don't like that you gotta do all the bullshit to break through. Like for instance, like I don't like that that like a six nine could break through, and we know that he can't really rap. Mm-hmm. But like, uh, I mean that's what the thing is. Like branded marketing seems to like overlap, you know, actual lyrics and stuff to a certain degree. Exactly. You know, exactly. and it's just like you know, I feel like that's a good and a bad thing. You know, at the same mm-hmm. time. Because of, like, you know, it's just, like... Because even Eminem is, like, when he drops, like, an album and everything, everybody feels like this. Not everybody, but it's just, like, I love Eminem's music. Like, I'm a kid that I'll match up. But it's just, like, you know, not everybody is going to love, like, Eminem's, like, lyrical, like, sense. It's just, like, you know, I feel like Eminem's just kind of at that level where it's just, like, you know... Where it's, like, you know, you already got all the achievements and everything, blah, blah, blah. You know, you, you already... It's so easy to them that it's, like, we already know what we're going to get. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Where it's just, mm-hmm. like, you know, when you invest all these new artists, you don't really know where they're going to go or how they're going to be or, you know, st- stuff of that nature. You know, so it's, like, branding of, like, you know, what they represent and stuff of how you connect can connect with them. I feel like that's why it kind of outweighs now. So we live in a wonderful time where it's, like, social media can really help you get your messages out there a lot more frequently than compared to back then we had to literally have to pay f- to really get your stuff on the radio now. Now it's, like, we got Spotify. And it's just, like, you know, you put stuff out there, you know, you can put your stuff on a playlist and you can get more listeners that way. You know, it's just, there's exactly. always- always a way to help get your stuff out there and that's what i really love about this generation but at the same time it exposes all types of people that it's just like you feel like you know i don't think they i don't know if they should be there or whatever but yeah at the same time like you know it's still like if you're a really good decent rapper you will get traction regardless and i believe that's truly true no matter how slow that process is I feel like it's better to go slow and like actually have long range and power power like a J. Cole or a loot or everything than to be mm-hmm. somebody like a six nine and then you, you're up and then like you're gone the next day. Like who even talks about six nine? This is the first time someone even like brought up his name and everything. I don't want to shit on six nine, you know. It's just that's just you know, that's just that's just where it is. If you if your whole focus is just gaining attention, it's only gonna take you so far. Exactly. Exactly. It's crazy out here, bro, but you know. Yeah, they break through. They break through for some reason. <laughs> yeah, man, they break through for some reason. But one day, who knows? We might break through. All right, we're getting I pretty feel close. It. <laughs> yeah, we're getting pretty close to like the ending of uh, this episode. So we only got like about a good two minutes. You got you got anything you gotta let the audience know before we uh, dip off and stuff? Uh, I definitely appreciate you for letting me be on the show, bro. I want to let everybody know they can follow me on Instagram at Up All Night Shit. That's U P A L L. N-I-T-E-S-H-X-T. Uh, my album Nightcrawler is all right now. Make sure y'all stream that. New music coming soon. Uh, Junk in the Trunk, the feature film coming out uh, next year. So make sure y'all tap in with that. And uh, make sure y'all come out to one of our events, man. Pretty Girls Love Weed, Broke Ass Party. We want to see y'all. We want to vibe with y'all. And uh, you got to bring us to uh, NC, bro. You got to bring us out there so we can vibe out. 
Yeah, maybe one day. Who knows? It's just like right now I'm kind of humble as it is. I'm just trying to build my brand like brick by brick right now with the whole podcast thing and everything. But it's all a process. Like the more I keep consistent with it, the more it's going to take me somewhere and stuff of that nature. Maybe who knows? Maybe I'll have connections in North Carolina if I stay in North Carolina. I'm actually about relocating to D.C. So it's like, I feel like maybe I might go in the hyperdrive in, in D.C., you know. Cause, oh, that's yeah. cool. That's yeah. cool. Yeah, you know, my dad stays there. So it's just like I'm thinking about maybe going to Howard University again. Uh, going to grad school over there, you know, continuing my education. That's right now. I'm just kind of chilling right now in North Carolina and Charlotte. And, uh, you know, it's just it's just going to be like that. So it's like, you know, I got no complaints, no nothing. I'm just focusing on my future uh, step by step, you know. But thanks for hopping on. I appreciate it. That's episode 88 of the Mental Threats Podcast. 88. (laughs) Double eight. (laughs) Yeah, that's it for the the Mental Threats Podcast. We're sewing in. Now we're sewing out. All right, cool. That's it for the recording.